0: Welcome to another edition of the Born in 87 podcast. One of the teams we root for is starting a new season on Sunday. Uh, Adam, how excited are you for another
1: season of Jets football? So I gotta be honest, I don't think they're going to be good, but I am really excited because I think they're heading in the right direction. I think the worst thing with the Jets or any of our teams is when the season starts and there's not a lot to be hopeful for. So this feels a lot to me like, I think it was the 2005 Mets, the year they brought Pedro in, where you didn't really think they were going to make a run in the playoffs, but there was you could tell they were building something. I really think the Jets are on the verge of being very good for a very long time. And I'm excited to see how a lot of these pieces work out. Uh, I think that was
0: very well said and a very good analogy to one of our other teams. Um, if you listen to our Last podcast where we went through the Jets' schedule, we predicted them to go 6-10. and 10. So, again, it,
1: it's... Yeah, we don't think they're going to be very good.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, if we think they're going 6-10, and 10, like, they would basically... I mean, they'd basically have to exceed that by, like, three games, which is a lot to, you know, have any sort of chance at the playoffs. So, it's not like... But there is an extra playoff team.
1: So, I mean, they could get hot. They have a lot of young guys, um... You never know.
0: Yeah, I mean, eight and eight could make the playoffs with uh, seven teams getting. It's going to
1: be a weird season. Players are going to get hurt. Uh, right now, the the Chiefs Texans game is on, and we thought that was going to be like a crazy high scoring game. Was it like seven seven? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure the final score will be like a hundred to a hundred, <laughs> but you just gonna no one knows what's going to happen. Yeah. It's, right. It's going to be a weird season. The Jets. Stranger things have happened than the Jets making. Yeah. The there, there
0: was no preseason this year, so. Uh, We'll see what happens.
1: And everybody lies about training camp because everybody looks good. The only thing that's a reason to be concerned is if someone's like, hey, that guy doesn't look good during training camp. Then you should really be concerned because everyone looks great in training camp. Yeah,
0: so the reason I began the podcast by asking you how excited are you for another season of Jets football is because what we're going to do with the season starting in uh, a little under 72 hours is we are going to talk about three things we are excited about for the jet season and three things we are not excited about for the jet season. So, let's jump right in and one thing we are excited about for the jet season is to see Joe Douglas's first uh, rookie class. If they're going to say
1: see Joe Douglas like <laughs> I bet he could still play. He's a big guy and I kind of wish he was the coach cuz I feel like he would do a better job than him. I love me some Joe Douglas. I feel Douglas. like he'd
0: like, like, be an awesome I'm I th-
1: excited to see him. This-
0: he looks exactly like the mountain f- from uh, Game of Thrones. He does. He'd be an I feel like he'd he be just an amazing center. Or
1: offensive he's, lineman. I think my favorite person on any of our teams right now. I love, I love Joe Douglas. I do. I wish he had done the draft last year more than Dom Smith. The draft class from last year was so terrible. You love Joe
0: Douglas more than Dom Smith.
1: Uh
0: not. You can not. say he's okay, your second. No, second
1: favorite. favorite. He's my second favorite. I love Dom Smith. That's true. Not if. If there's, like, anyone in the world I could just have dinner with, it would be Dom Smith. I just, I love him yeah. so much. I think I'd creep him out because I would just, like, stare at him the whole time because yeah. I just, so, he's the best. So, one thing. Uh, how did you get me talking about Dom Smith? or doing a Jet podcast. Because you
0: said Joe Douglas was your favorite person on any of the <sighs> Jets, Mets, or Knicks. And I know how much you love Dom Smith. He's definitely Dom my Smith.
1: favorite person in any of their front offices.
0: Okay. Well said. So... We are excited for Joe Douglas's first rookie class, and at least for me, it's not just because it is his first rookie class, but I'm excited because it seems like a lot of the guys he's drafted are going to play uh, medium-sized to really big-sized roles well, on this team. they're going to have
1: to because they don't really have anybody else, and a lot of their players from last year either aren't on the team or decided not to play on the team. So these guys are going to have to play late, except for LaMichael Preen, who I believe, is he out for the season? Uh,
0: I'm not sure. But um,
1: is that for a while? Yeah,
0: and even if he was healthy, he'd be the uh, at best the third string running back behind Le'Veon Bell and Frank Gore. But um, we are gonna we'll talk about the guys that are gonna play. I mean, uh, you know, in the first round, he drafted left tackle Makai Becton. Um, this has me really excited because it because uh, back in two thousand six, the Jets used a fir- high first round pick on the Berkashaw Ferguson he was their left tackle for a decade it feels like ever since Brick retired they've been shuffling
1: left tackles and jet quarterbacks Very have been getting killed prospects though that right The deal with the Berkashaw was like technically perfect but not big enough i actually i used to work in the Red Roof Inn and uh, i guess i can say this now because i'm not giving away any like where he is but uh where he is today is but uh the Berkashaw stayed at the Red Roof Inn the Red Roof Inn was right down the street from Hofstra and uh DeBrickashaw used to walk through the front lobby holding uh, two-gallon jugs of chocolate milk because he had to put on weight. <laughs> and Mackay Becton's kind of the opposite, right? Where he's—is he the biggest offensive lineman in the NFL? If, if he's not the biggest, he's one of the biggest. Yeah, I mean, um, I think every— The question is, like, what's his technical proficiency going to yeah, be? Yeah, I mean, I think at this um, point— Just interesting
0: comparison. Yeah, I mean, I think everyone at this point has seen that picture that went viral of Mackay Becton standing next to Jamison Crowder. And uh, it looks like he's something. Yeah, and it
1: looks like he could eat. He's probably the—I think I'm the most excited to see him. Um, I love watching the line. I'm curious to see how he does. The, I mean, you can't trust training camp, but the reports that training camp is not much, which is what you want to hear for an offensive lineman. You don't want to hear that he's, you know, giving up a ton of sacks and missing blocks. It sounds like he's been pretty good. Um, so I have extremely high hopes for Beckton, if not this season, the next season. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah. Um... Not a lot to add there. Um, let's go through some of their other rookies. Uh, so uh, their second-round pick, wide receiver Denzel Mims. As you know, um, I've been very, I've been nervous about this pick, uh, just because, because he
1: only had one, <laughs> he didn't have any catches in one yes, game. Yes, in the which Big I Twelve just think is Championship. A stupid reason to not be excited about. Well,
0: that and the fact that, and I know it's been other GMs, but historically, uh, second-round picks for the Jets have just been terrible. Uh, so I'm always very. Uh, pessimistic there's no reason to... to think that this second round pick will be terrible but uh yeah i mean but this, it's a different put it this regime. way denzel they're not
1: like cursed yeah i mean Denzel. it's not like they're cursed with second round problems they've had bad first round picks too yeah that's true they famously took vernon golston and uh what was that was the defense tackle was that robinson oh, vernon golston well,
0: let's talk about this in a future pod where we go through like the worst jet picks of all time he really might be like the worst player in nfl history it, it's possible Oh, that's ridiculous he had a cl- the
1: worst player in NFL Vernon history. Vernon Golston
0: had a claw. I had some sort of clause in his contract. Justin, we watched Mark Sanchez play quarterback. I'm not starting with you right now on Mark Sanchez. I just, I just don't have the energy. Let's move on. Uh, they have I'd rather have Vernon Golston than Mark. So Sanchez. all right. So let's let's keep going. Um, they drafted uh, two rookies in the secondary: safety Ashton Davis, cornerback Bryce Hall. Um, both these guys. Bryce
1: Hall was should have gone a lot earlier, but he got hurt. I love, I love taking guys like that. And Ashton Davis seems like he's like super athletic. Yeah, i mean, You, I love giving Greg the bounty hunter weapons like Ashton Davis. You know he's going to know how to use them. I, I can't wait to watch their secondary play. Yeah, it's, um, it's
0: interesting. And I mean, even though uh, Jamal Adams, I mean, it, you know, I mean, obviously when you trade a guy like Jamal Adams, you're not going to be as good. But this also feels very much. I don't like know, a break, Justin. Well, let me finish my thought. I was going to say that this though very much feels like a Greg Williams kind of secondary. Like, he's going to be working in a lot of guys, building them up. He's got Marcus May and Ashton Davis and uh, McDougal, Bless Austin, and... Bryce Hall. You
1: are going out of order. That's the second thing we were going to talk about, was their secondary. We'll we start with their rookies. Are we done talking about their rookies? We're moving into the secondary?
0: Um. I, oh, I just want to say they did draft a punter this year, and I think that the Jets' punti- punters have, since uh, Shakeweight, uh, Steve Weatherford, have been awful. So I'm excited to potentially have a good punter again.
1: So the first thing we're most excited about <laughs> is to watch this rookie class. The second thing we're most excited about is their secondary. Yes. Um... Right. Yeah. Great. So that's it. we and Ashton Davis is in both of them. Yes. So we're doubly excited for Ashton Davis. I think Marcus May makes the Pro Bowl. It just it makes so much sense. He's gonna have a ton of attention because everyone's gonna be talking about how Jamal Adams isn't there. And as long as he's Marcus May, and I think the defense will be better than most people think, just because I think Greg the Bounty Hunter is pretty good at being a defense coordinator. I think May will get most of the credit. Like they'll be like, oh, see, they're still good and. Maybe May stepped into Adams' footsteps and blah, blah, blah. So, and May's already good. I, I think I think he's going to be yeah, good.
0: Yeah, and obviously he's Ball impressed. Uh, you know, he was just named captain. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm excited. to. You know, I'm really excited. Who are their captains? One of them was a strange pick. Uh, It was, I believe, on the defense. It was May and uh, Steve McClendon. On the offense, it was Sam Darnold and George Font.
1: It was Font. That, that struck me as, I mean, maybe he's a great leader. Yeah. They, they just brought him in. Like, it just seemed odd it to pick see. a first you know, first year on the team.
0: Yeah, but, I mean, basically almost the entire offensive line is uh, guys that in their first year on the team. So, except for Alex Lewis. Yeah, except for Alex Lewis. But maybe Alex Lewis, you know, is more of a quiet reserve guy and
1: Font isn't, so if they... Maybe. I mean, they voted. They did it themselves. We, I mean, we don't know anything about George... I actually know some about George Font. I don't know anything about his leadership ability. So, great. Hooray. George Font is a captain. All right. Um... Cool. <laughs> um so that was – is there anything else you wanted to say about their secondary? Oh, it's just um, – I like some of the other guys that they brought in. Was it Pierre Desir? Yes. He didn't really cost them very much. He used to be good. It's just a lot of low-cost, high-upside moves on this whole team. That seemed to be what Douglas was doing in the offseason. Like, I don't want to spend a ton of money. I want guys who may be hit, um, but I don't want to, you know, cost myself cap flexibility in the future. I just – I thought that was smart in these uncertain times when you're not going to – they're not going to win the Super Bowl this year, so don't go all in um, – yeah, I'm excited. to yeah. see how and I th- this year it works out. And I think
0: yeah. And last thing I'll say about the uh, the secondary is, um, it seems like they have a decent amount of depth now in the secondary, which is going to be super important this season.
1: Uh, we don't know if they have any stud cornerbacks though. Which yeah, we don't you know if they really need. The- you need at least one stud cornerback in order to like really compete.
0: Yeah, maybe. maybe uh, bless Austin takes that leap. Um, he's a guy I kind of liked last That'd year. That'd be nice. Or maybe yeah. Um, you know, Brian Poole, uh, you know, another good player who I think we just forgot to mention. Might be their best player in the second... Oh, no, Marcus May is their best player in the secondary. He might be their second best player in the secondary. PFF has
1: Poole rated higher than May, but I think it's a good problem to have. So if they could have a really good secondary, that'd be something nice to build off of. Um, so I'm looking forward to watching their secondary. Yeah,
0: so let's move into the third thing that we are excited about this year. And again, this is... We are saying, these are not predictions, these are just things we're excited about. To see, we're in anticipation. And in year three, can Sam Darnold make the leap? And at least for me, when I say make the leap, is what I want to see from I'm not saying I need him to make the Pro Bowl this year or that he has to throw uh, 35 touchdowns or anything like that. But what I want to know after this year is can Sam Darnold, can we reasonably say that Sam Darnold will be the starting quarterback every Sunday for the next, let's say, seven to 10 years? Like, can he at least be a Matt Ryan or a Matt Stafford, you know, a guy where they might not be the best guy in the league, but it's a guy where every single Sunday you know who your starting quarterback is. And in our life as Jet fans, we have not had that, at least not for any, you know, significant life of time. What are you talking about?
1: That was some serious shade thrown at Chad Pennington. You know what? I love Chad Pennington. Chad Pennington was excellent every week. You knew exactly what you were getting. Well, he was that's... never going to be the best quarterback in the league. He led them to the playoffs on multiple occasions. Four times. Yeah, Chad Pennington but that's, that why I, awesome. that's
0: why. That's why at the end I said for a length of time because Chad Pennington's run really only lasted six years, and he was hurt for a that's lot sure. of that. Uh, you know, I'm hoping that Sam Darnold, you know, could
1: be their quarterback for 10 to 15 I, years. I mean, he broke in so young. I'm not saying I'm excited about Darnold. I'm nervous. Like, this is year three. He's going to—they're going to have to start making decisions about his second contract. What do you What do? you do? Like, let's say he has, like—there's th- a very good chance—I know people are excited that they brought in all these offensive linemen. None of these offensive linemen are superstars. And it's a weird season with four new offensive linemen. There's a chance that it's not going to be good. It's going to take them a while to gel. What do we do if Darnold is like average to below average, but he's constantly being pressured? What, as an organization, you have to decide whether you're just going to cut bait or give him a massive extension. It's, a, it's the biggest decision facing this team, and no one's really talking about mm-hmm. it. Because let's say you give him a massive extension, and he's not good. We saw what that's done. Like how do the Rams feel about Jared Goff? Do you want Jared Goff? Do you want to hand Darnold the Jared Goff contract right now? This is my prediction. That's 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 what's facing the Jets. I'm not excited. I'm this, terrified. I want him to be great, but it's it's scary. This is my prediction on how Joe
0: Douglas is looking at this. I think he realizes that, and this this will lead into the first thing that we aren't super excited about for the Jets. But uh, the Jets. They do not have a great group of skill position guys. It certainly is, you know, a lesser group than most of the teams in the NFL. I think how Joe Douglas looks at it is that since Sam Darnold was a top ten overall pick, the team will have a fifth year option on that. My guess is that after the season, unless things go so horribly bad and the Jets only win like two or three games and they have a chance at like Trevor Lawrence or another top quarterback and say like the top five picks of the draft. My guess is that Joe Douglas will pick up that fifth year option, which essentially will buy him one more year to decide if he wants to give Sam Darnold a huge extension. Yep,
1: it's just it's coming soon. Yeah. Um they don't we don't it's not like it's forever. Um yeah. So I mean, it really if this team does compete, you know, two years, three years, it's not going to be with a cheap quarterback cuz by the time Unless it's somebody else, right? Because by the yeah. time this this roster is ready, he's going to be on his next contract. Yeah,
0: but I, like I said, I, I do think that's how Joe do Douglas looks at. Is that unless things are disastrous this year, he'll pick up the fifth year option, which means in twenty twenty one he can use year four, and hopefully in year four in twenty twenty one they have, you know, he's able to improve uh, the group of skill position guys. I mean, they're
1: loaded with. They're loaded with cap space. They still have a ton of extra cap space from this year that's going to roll over to next year. They're loaded with draft picks. They are set up beautifully for the future. And if the cap is flat or goes down and the Jets have more room than other teams, they should be able to pick up guys that other teams aren't able to. So I think they're set up really well. I have no problem that they're not trying to compete this year. I think it's really smart. It stinks that they don't have a chance to compete for a Super Bowl. But as we've said multiple times on this podcast, I'd rather them be good for five years than have, like, a one-year playoff run.
0: Yeah, it's true. Because, I mean, as we've said many times on this pod with our teams, so many times these teams have these one- or two-year blips where they're really good and and then everything just falls apart so fast. I mean, none of our team... I mean, I guess the closest thing you could say is, like, from 01 to 06, the Jets made the playoffs four times in six years. Like, that's the closest thing to, like, a sustained run of success that we've ever had with any of our teams that we root for. At least in our lifetime since we were born in 1987.
1: <laughs> that's why this is a podcast that makes us sad when we do it and makes our listeners sad. But we still <laughs> but a we know there's listen. a lot of... One day they'll all be good at the same time. Actually, that's not true. The Knicks will never be good. It
0: happened. I. This is a super, super random tangent and nothing to do with what we were just talking about. But it still blows my mind that there was a two-year stretch... In 1969 and 1970, where in two years all three of these teams won a championship. Like, can you believe
1: that that actually happened once upon I a time? Like, I just, I, I just can't wrap my head that around makes me feel it. Sick. All right, <sighs> maybe one day. This is what people said about New England. There was a time where all those teams were titleless, and they certainly have gotten enough titles over the last twenty years to to last a lifetime. So maybe it's going to swing around for us, Justin. Yeah. Uh, and we'll be here on the podcast to, to talk about it when it, when it happens. Yeah.
0: So now we're going to go into the three things that we are not excited or don't we like. We already
1: went into this. We already started. We started by talking about their lackluster skill position. Guys, yeah, and, this has already happened. Yeah, we already made this transition. It's, and, it's late. It's 940. <laughs>
0: yeah. It just feels like it's like every Great. year. It's like, why does this team never... I mean, other than 2015 where they had Marshall and Decker... It feels like every single year their skill position guys are worse than just about every team in the NFL. Like
1: it's because they're a bad organization. Yeah. They're poorly run. I mean, they don't have to go much further than that.
0: Yeah, true. All right. Uh,
1: I got nothing. I mean, I'm they're, they're not excited. I mean, Jamison Crowder is their best wide receiver. He's good, but, but he's, he's not he's a not game changer. Exciting. He's not.
0: He's, yeah, and this, again, leads into the Le- next this
1: one. This offense isn't built for Le'Veon Bell, right? No, like, not. Le'Veon Bell is on the older side as being a running back. I mean, he's not young and exciting Le'Veon Bell anymore. Yeah,
0: um, Which, and again, that's sort of a segue into the second thing that we're not excited about, and it's that this team doesn't have a lot of top-end talent. Like, they just they don't, I mean, unless Sam Donald makes that leap and Sam Donald is doing things that... Or
1: Mekhi Becton. Mekhi Becton has the chance to be, like... An elite, elite, elite offensive line. That's very
0: possible, and if Makai Beckton is that elite, that really could help lead to Sam Darnold being a great quarterback. Because if he's got more time to throw the ball and his uh, blind side is protected, that will certainly help. But like one thing you saw last year, I mean, like for example, the Giant game. It felt like Jamal Adams almost single-handedly won that game. Um, if he didn't get hurt, it felt like C.J. Mosley was like single-handedly winning him that first game against Buffalo last year. Like it, it doesn't feel like they have. A lot of guys that can just take over a game, like they just don't have that top tier talent without Jamal Adams and CJ Mosley. Maybe Marcus May makes a leap this year and becomes a guy that can be a game wrecker. I, I hope so. He's not in Jamal Adams' shadow anymore, but I mean, it is upsetting because it's it's fun to watch really good players, and it just you know, it seems like the Jets have a lot of but very Justin, good players, but not top tier Pro Bowl type guys.
1: I we I mean maybe Marcus may, may be sleeping on. We may be sleeping on Quinn and Williams. He was drafted third overall by them in 2019. He could be. A, You're mean, well when they drafted him, the thought was he. No, you don't. You just. No. No, he could he, be. They good. thought he was the best player in that draft. I mean, he could be elite, right? He could be. He wasn't last year. I'm just. It just makes you
0: nervous because he was a. I'm uh, a Cagnon pick. And I never trust any. McCagnum he looks picture.
1: so happy in his picture. That's what I was thinking too. <laughs> that he is McCagnan. But he looks so happy in his picture on ESPN.com. He's just smiling from ear to ear. <laughs> this is probably before he got arrested. Yeah, I mean, I, th-
0: I mean, I think that was hopefully a humbling uh, experience for
1: him. From everything I've heard about him, he was he's just a really sweet, good guy. I mean, and how old is Quinton Williams? He like twenty-two. Yeah, I, I think he was just he just made a mistake. He didn't realize that he had a permit for the gun, right? He just didn't realize the gun. Well, not in New York. I
0: mean I think he, he had one like back in Alabama.
1: Right. Yeah. Right. So he was he was clearly breaking the law, <laughs> but he I don't think he realized he was doing it. Yeah.
0: I mean, yeah, you can I mean you can, you know, check a gun on an airplane if you have a permit for it, but he, which he didn't have, but all right. Uh look, no, poor Quinn Williams, Williams maybe he's really Quinn Williams. He Mays, could be good. He could be very good. I mean, it's not like the Jets were the only team that was high on him. Like if the Jets didn't draft him, he would have gone in the next couple of picks that year.
1: Yeah. Great. Okay. Um so yeah, maybe even if things we don't like maybe some of these younger guys develop. And then the most important thing we don't Easily like is the most important. we don't like Adam Gase. Nobody does nobody likes Adam Gase. As we've said before, we don't even think Adam Gase's mom likes Adam Gase. Why was he hired? Why is he still the coach? no one is excited about it. how many times does he have to apologize to his players for trash talking them? How many times does he have to say, No, I actually I am happy this player is here These are never things that you should hear about.
0: Yeah, and it's it's so frustrating because I feel like so often in sports you see the writing on the wall and these teams, it's always like the same thing. It's like, oh well, you know, uh, we gotta give it another shot. Maybe this guy'll turn it around. Like like we saw it last year, for example, like with the Knicks Dave Fisdale clearly was not the coach for the long haul, and they just bring him back for another year. In 2019, we all knew Mickey Callaway was going to get fired. They bring him back anyway. And I, I, well, I don't.
1: The only thing I'll say is not that, not that I would compare Adam GaSe to either of these two people who I'm about to mention. But so Greg Popovich almost got fired as the Spurs coach, and he went on to be the best, one of the best coaches in NBA history. And then um, Bill Belichick also he was fired from his Browns job. So sometimes it is worth it to give a guy an extended look and people get turned adam Gase won't but i'm just saying i understand as an organization not being quick to to fire somebody i
0: guess and i don't blame joe douglas for this because firing firing it well no because firing a coach is something where the owner has to sign off on it it's not just like oh i'm gonna sign random player x and the johnsons are not very good owners and I think the way the Johnsons looked at it is, we signed, we brought in Adam Gase to a multi-year contract. The team improved to seven and nine. They played better. They were seven and six when Sam Donald started. I understand it was against very weak competition, and the Jets, you know, having to play the uh, AFC West and NFC West this year, face a much harder schedule. But I, but the Johnsons are not going to get rid of Adam Gase in a year where they improved. And I'm sure Adam Gase is saying to the Johnsons, if I had Sam Darnold those extra three games, we would have won eight or nine. You know, we could have won eight or nine and maybe made the playoffs. That's probably what he's been saying to the Johnsons. Clearly he's in the Johnsons' ear because Adam Gase was a proponent for having
1: McKagnon fired. All that being said, yeah. It, well, I was the proponent of having McKagnon fired. I think at some point we should go through uh, a McKagnon retrospective and evaluate how he was as the GM because he was... Real world, not good. Sorry, I just, I don't like McCagnon. Yeah, like it's it. kind of amazing Just how pick up it's... a newspaper. Just go to, like, I don't, go to any, like, person who's, like, even slightly smart in the media who ranks, like, Coaches. He's always the last coach. He's always like the last one or the yeah. last one or two coaches. You don't want to be an organization with the worst coach in the league.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know the answer to this, so I'm asking. You. Who is the most tenured player on the Jets now? I don't Because there's no more Brian Winters and no more Bilal Powell. Who is the longest tenured guy they have? I I've, I literally have like no idea. Is it Sam Darnold who's entering um, year three?
1: <laughs> I, I think that's... Oh, Marcus
0: May is Marcus Marcus entering year four. Is, is Mar- Marcus May might be their most tenured player. He's entering his fourth year with the team. They'd have no more Quincy Anunnua, who had been there a while. It, I think it might be Marcus May. Um,
1: I think you're right. I'm just looking. <laughs> uh, how long has McClendon been there for? Oh,
0: maybe it's McClendon. I, okay, this is bad podcasting. Point being. This is bad. I think it's. Yeah. Point being is Adam Gase, he's, he seems like a very miserable human being. He's not a happy person. He's constantly getting into fights with his players. He has a very talented running back who he doesn't like. This is year five from McClendon. Oh, so McClendon is the most tenured player on the team. Sorry, I'm just, uh, I'm just so annoyed about Adam
1: Gaze. I just I dislike him so much. You would just feel so differently about this team if they had a really elite coach. Because you could say, okay, the GM knows what he's doing. We believe in this quarterback. And the quarterback is being steered in the right direction by a strong coach. Yeah. You'd say, like, okay, the, the good players are coming. Our cap situation's good. Our draft situation's good, but and that's, we how many times have we seen organizations put the wrong people around young quarterbacks yeah. and the young quarterbacks not develop? Yeah. And I just I worry that if you were trying to screw up Sam Darnold's development, would you do anything differently than the Jets yeah. have done? It's crazy. Seriously, it's... no. Like, is there anything you would you? They have. A te- they've had a terrible line. They haven't had skill position players. And they had Adam Gase, and and, and to make matters, I think differently. If you're trying to ruin his career, and to
0: make matters worse is that since we all expect Gase to get fired at the end of the 2020 season, it means that in Sam next exactly, year. Sam Darnold will be on his third coach in four years.
1: Yep, it's they they couldn't have screwed this up any worse. You had one job. <sighs> yeah, well done.
0: Hopefully, I mean. uh, Sam Darnold was on the uh, Boomer and Geo show earlier this week I mean he says all the right things it seems like he's got a great head on his shoulders and hopefully he's a special enough human being and player to overcome all this Um, alright so those were the three things we liked and didn't like uh, going into week one against the Jets and since we are a podcast that talks about sports uh, and it's football season we have to make picks
1: sure so uh, You and I are very good at guessing what lines will be, but I am not as good at guessing who the actual winner will be. Yeah. Um, so
0: one thing we're going to do uh, every week here during football season on the pod, uh, to make it somewhat jet-related, is uh, every week we're going to pick four games, and we uh, We are going to pick every AFC East game this season, every AFC East game against the spread. We're going to, you know, keep a a tab on what our records are against the spread. And at the uh, end of the season, uh, the loser is going to buy the winner something. We haven't determined yet, but uh, um, this is a competition and the winner will win something. Do you know how
1: I learned about sports gambling? The Bill Simmons podcast? No. Nope. So in 7th grade I had a math teacher named Mr. Heffernan. Did you have Mr. I did Heffernan not, for math? I did not. So every week we picked every game against the spread. I don't know why because it was fun. That's what we did in math class. I mean I guess it was fun. I don't know how it was related to math. In theory I guess he was teaching us probability and that I got pretty good at it. I I wonder if secretly he was keeping track and wanted to see <laughs> if like one of his kids was like a secret genius and then would just start betting all those kids bets. That's that's my secret theory. Please don't sue me, Mr. Heffernan. I really enjoyed. (laughs) Because we know you're listening. Thank you for teaching me about sports betting. Yeah. Um, So yeah, let's do the first game. So the first one is Bills Jets. We actually have a bet uh, outstanding against this. Yeah, loser Um, buys a beer. The the Bills are. Bills are favored by six and a half. I think that the Bills will cover pretty easily. Uh, I think the Jets. not.
0: Yeah, so uh, if you listen to our uh, podcast where we went through the Jets schedule, I said that the Jets will cover the six and a half point spread in this game. I think they'll lose the game, but they'll cover the spread. Adam, you said that the Bills will will cover. So uh, the first game, and we are in disagreement. I like it. Uh, We will not have the same record after week one because we at least picked this game differently. Well, we could both go two and two,
1: depending on how the rest of our bets shake out. Ah, damn it. You're right.
0: Okay. We could have the same and record. Right. We won't. I meant to say we won't have all have the same four picks.
1: Great. All right. So the Patriots are favored by six and a half against, their against really the Dolphins. They're home
0: Now, there's no fans, but travel's is, still a thing. This sleeping, doesn't matter. Well, Who? travel's a thing. Sleeping in your own bed.
1: You might feel... Do p- you think, you think th- Vegas takes... I don't think Vegas takes account who's home and away. Maybe
0: not this early. I think later in the season they might, because you know, then weather starts to play a role. But
1: I guess that's not really the case yet. Um, I'll go. F- this is one of those games where I feel like the spread doesn't matter. Like I feel like if the Pats win, they'll cover, and if the Dolphins win, they'll co- like you know, I don't. I don't really think this. So which way are you picking? I don't picking see it? the Dolphins lose. I am still thinking about it. this. I'll go really first. So
0: I'm going to take the Pats min- with minus six and a half. Uh, so the last uh, regular season game the Pats played. Was home against the Dolphins in week 17 last year. Famously, that's the game that Ryan Fitzpatrick and the Dolphins won. It cost the Patriots a first round bye. Bill Belichick was embarrassed. Not to mention, Tom Brady is not on the Patriots anymore. Cam Newton is the quarterback of the New England Patriots. And it feels like Belichick has been waiting for this for a really long time to prove to everyone out there that he is the genius and he can win without Tom Brady uh not only does he think he wins does he think do I think he wins this game but because of what happened last year in week 17 I think he runs up the score I think the Pats win this going away and I am taking the Pats minus six and a half
1: yeah I would too I think the Dolphins are going to get better as the season goes along but they're still very much a team in transition um they they're adding and losing a lot of pieces like each offseason as they're working to build their their roster that I think will be good in a couple of years I think they're building in the right direction I just think with all that turnover and all that change I don't I don't see them competing against the Patriots, who you know are going to be ready. So I would say the Pats come. Okay, so we're in agreement. I don't think I don't think they win by like 14. I, I think it, they probably win by like seven. Yeah. So okay, so we're in agreement on that one. So uh, this next one seems crazy. The line on this game, I don't. I would. I think it should be much higher. Tennessee's. Against Denver and Tennessee is favored by two. So this game. So what's so a couple. Th- what sense does that make? So a couple. And
0: this is after the Von Miller injury. Yes. So a couple things with this. The game is in Denver. Um, I feel like Who one cares? thing you keep hearing is that Denver is one of the only teams that'll have home field advantage this year because of the elevation. This is also a game okay. that's going to start at ten thirty at night on Monday. So uh, kind of a late start, but I, I don't know if that's. Ne- I don't see how that's
1: necessarily. You think this the lines good I this line seems insane to me. I'm just—I like, I very strongly feel that Tennessee is going to cover, and I think they probably win by at least six. Yeah, I, I'm in agreement.
0: I—I th- I think Tennessee. I mean, they were in the AFC Championship game last year. I think they think they're a Super Bowl contender, and if you think that, and you're going to be that, you're beating a Denver team that just lost Von Miller for the season by more than two points. So I think we're in agreement. I, this is this a way.
1: really strange spread. You think this is? The only I understand. Way you, you, you saw this and were like, "That's weird." I
0: understand why the spread is what it is. I still think Tennessee wins the game.
1: I don't understand why the spread is the way it is.
0: And we'll see who's right. Yeah. So before we uh mention what's the last game we pick, like we said, we're gonna pick four games every week. Uh, we're gonna pick every AFC East game throughout the season, but in games where there aren't where the four AFC East teams aren't all playing other teams and we have to pick other games we're going to try and pick games that have some sort of relation maybe to the jets and i feel like this one is a classic case uh the fourth game we're picking is the baltimore ravens versus the cleveland browns the reason why it has a lot to do is uh the jets quarterback is sam darnold you compare against your peers sam darnold was drafted in the first round as was uh baker mayfield and lamar jackson the two quarterbacks in that game so this felt like a natural one to pick the Ravens are a seven and a half point favorite at home against the Browns. Uh, which way are you going on this one, Adam?
1: I think the line's too high. I've taken
0: Cleveland. Okay.
1: So Week one, seven and a half points. I don't know. That that's a lot for two teams that are both pretty good. I mean, Baltimore, I understand, will be one of the best teams in the league. Cleveland is, I think, going to be at least above average. That that seems like too big of a line. I would I don't feel great about it, but if I had to pick one team, I would pick Cleveland there.
0: Uh I I can understand your reasoning. I don't agree. I think Baltimore wins and covers. I think they win by double digits uh in this game. The reason I think I go that w- It's going to be a weird season, Justin. I I get that, but um one thing you hear is uh you know con- continuity is king. There's a lot of continuity in Baltimore. Um there was no preseason this year, which means uh defenses didn't really truly tackle I think Lamar Jackson's gonna be hard to take down I think he runs for a lot of yards in this game uh and uh Cleveland you know new coach not a lot of continuity um they've been in the news for some of the wrong reasons uh this week uh Odell Justin. Beckham uh, creating a circus Justin. I'm not gonna say anything
1: else Odell Beckham didn't do oh man I got myself in the trouble there. He didn't... Otto Be- Beckham didn't get himself into trouble. He didn't say anything. Someone said something about him, and we're not comfortable speaking of that on this podcast. Um, okay, let's leave... This is a PG-rated podcast. Point being, I think
0: uh, there's, you know, as much uh, chaos and circusness... Is that a word? I don't think that's a word, but I'll go with it anyway. Circusness uh, in Cleveland... There's Bled- been no circus... I don't know Cleveland just this always just seems a mess. If you remember last year everyone was so high Here's on the Cleveland Here's the other thing. Justin,
1: in... Both of these teams both of these teams are going to run the ball a ton. I don't see this being a super high scoring game. Baltimore like ran the ball more than any team ever last year. Cleveland under Stefanski is going to run the ball like crazy. I don't see there being a ton of. Cleveland a Cleveland
0: laid it Cleveland split. laid a total egg in week 1 last year. They got killed by Tennessee. All right, agreed. You know what? It's they're, it's more fun they're... when we disagree on some of these games. I'm taking Baltimore minus seven and a half. So, so uh, to recap the four games, uh, Adam has the bills minus six and a half. I have the Jets. We both have the Pats minus six and a half against the Dolphins. We both have the ten- we both have Tennessee minus two against Denver. and uh, Adam has the Browns plus seven and a half against the Ravens. I took Baltimore. And those are our week one picks. Wonderful.
1: And those are our week one picks. We are, even though we don't think the Jets are going to be wonderful this year, we are excited for football, and we're excited to see our Jets, hopefully they take another step in a good direction. Yeah, I mean, these these have been a crazy uh, last six months. There were a lot
0: of doubts if uh, the NFL season uh, would, you know, get up and running on time. Um, We're happy it has. And uh, like I said, it's going to be fun watching the Jets and the, you know, full slate of NFL games this week.
1: Yep. All right. You want to do it? Uh, follow us. Short. Sure. Follow us on Instagram and/or Twitter at born87pod. Send us an email at born87pod at gmail.com. Give us a five-star rating in the Apple Podcast app. app. It's not a store because presumably you're not buying things there. <laughs> if you would like to buy podcasts, there are other services you could pay for. There, I don't know why you'd be paying for podcasts. Adam's it's, it's very kind of tired. Ridiculous to me. I'm very tired. <laughs> and that that's
0: really all I got. To uh, send us out, should we do a, a J E T S chant? There's not gonna be fans this year, so they no. need to hear it from us. Just J-E-T-S, you add the audio in, I don't T-S, Jets
1: Jets Jets. Oh boy. Okay. Fireman Ed makes me think about happier jet times. That's true. Alright, have a good one, Adam.